This is Being Dead Serious, and this week's episode is the Bermondsey Horror. Hello, strangers. This is Ricky. And this is Nick. And we are Being Dead Serious, the podcast that brings you true stories of the strange and unusual. And even when Halloween's over. Womp womp. October's gone, and we are now in the cold, crappy month of November. That, I mean, we have Thanksgiving and Turkey Fest and Ooh. some other things going on, but it's just not the same. It's not. The but trees are mostly naked. Very naked. But that's okay, because we can still talk about weird shit. Yes, yes we can. Just like last week. What did we talk about last week? We talked about the demon with many names, because it couldn't figure out what it wanted to be called. Because it probably wasn't real. It's probably not real. No. But some people are very scared of the Zozo demon. Yep. So if you want to know all about the Zozo demon and... It's many different names and powers and where it came from and the Ouija board and all that other fun junk. <laughs> Check it out. How you of, doing, baby? A lot of history. I am exhausted. Yeah. Because I just pillaged my teenage son's room. Yeah. Gross. Very gross. Super gross. So much gross. So I'm enjoying a glass of wine, which will probably be my last... For three months. It's going to be a long three months. Yeah, well. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it tonight. As you should. As I should. So, Nick, do yes. you have a strange day in history I for us? do. I love it. Let's hear On it. On this day, back in 1922, Ooh. which would be November 4th, Um, apparently... November 4th is a very big day because it's election day. So looking up today in history, there was a shitload of people elected. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, that's boring as fuck. So on this day in 1922, <laughs> the tomb to Tutankhamun was yes. discovered, not yes. opened. Discovered, yeah. It wasn't opened until February 23rd the next year, mm -hmm. but it was discovered by yeah. Howard Carter and his gang. That that whole story is what made me fall in love with like ancient Egypt and the history of ancient Egypt. Well, it had nothing to do with the fact that you were completely enamored with the twenties at all. No, <laughs> because this, I actually found out about, uh, King Tut's tomb and King Tut in Egypt. This is like fourth grade. Yeah. So um, I yeah. wasn't, yeah, I wasn't too into the, I didn't really even know about the twenties, I guess at that age, but I fell in love with that. It's a very unique and interesting thing because, I mean, as we all know, Tutankhamun's tomb was one of the first ones discovered that hadn't been looted. So yeah. the stuff that was in it, especially was the twenties craze. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you think these things have been there for over a thousand, fifteen hundred years, mm -hmm. buried in the sands, and I mean, longer than that. But right. at the end of the day, they'd been looted for centuries. So and eaten. The fact that there was something remaining was a huge deal, and it, it gave it gave a rise to a huge um, pillaging by the British Museum, mm -hmm. but a huge um, interest in Egypt and its history. Oh yeah, definitely. So, and then all hell broke loose once they opened it. Maybe we'll, we can talk about that. Someday. We'll get into that another day. Yeah, perhaps maybe like a different episode with some other stuff in it because I don't think there's enough there to 
do a whole episode. Maybe we could talk about curses. Yeah. Yeah. Who would like to hear about curses? Curses. We already talked about swearing. Yes, but actual (laughs) curses. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So see, we're 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 uh, we're working as we go along. Yeah, it's what we do, and I can totally see some people going, "Yeah, yeah, do it." We're gonna do it because I can already think of others just from aside from that. Tons of curses. Yeah. Yeah. Thinner. Thinner. Ugh. It's like the (laughs) only good Stephen King movie. Shut up. No, you're dumb. Anywho, I am very curious about what our topic is today because I have never heard of this. I think you actually might have. Oh, snap. Because what led me to it was there's a TV show on Netflix called Murder Maps. Murder Maps. Ah, yeah. We watched a couple of them up at your dad's house to I show did, him these. Yeah. And I don't know if this was one of the ones that you saw. Once we get into the details, you might be like, oh, my God, that's right. Barrels? No. Nope. Okay. But Murder Maps, I was going to talk about it at the end of the show, but... Might as well. Might as well do it now. But it's a, it's a pretty cool show on Netflix. It's it's all it takes place in London. It's, it's through... It's not just one time period, but they give pictures of, you know, this happened here, and they tell stories of true crime and murder. The, there's, the show's a little bit embellished because some of the facts aren't 100% accurate. But that was one of the things, again, that I know I say it a lot, but it was hard with this one because there are so many variations mm-hmm. of the story. And there was one book that was written that was pretty much fabricated. A lot of the stuff was made up, but it kind of stuck. Like there's no um, references or anything. This guy that wrote this novel about the, one of the main characters and the, the, the story itself just kind of... Made shit up. Rough. And some of the people that have reported on it have included that stuff as... Fact. Historically accurate and when it's not. Right. So I'm going to try to avoid that stuff as much as I can. I might bring it up and be like, and this guy said this at this point, but... That's probably a good idea, just so um, Yeah. But even just, like, simple events are... Sometimes they're chronologically out of order. Some details are changed... So I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you what I kind of pieced together as with as much And this is hard because it kind of goes back to last night when I found a not so nice review. Yeah, but you know what again. Yeah. We're not even gonna talk about it. But it, it just goes back to the whole, you know, when people do say that we don't know what we're talking about. And it goes, you know, again I'm going to say we research the crap out of this. We don't make it up. And things that if you're, if a lot of people are like, oh, that's not accurate, it might not be accurate to what you know. And so we're trying to give you correct information. We're trying to give you the information that is as accurate and, I guess, modern as possible. And at the same time, we're not infallible ourselves. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm going to try and give you as much information as I can and let you be the judge because that's that's all we can do. Yeah. And so. if you don't like it, don't listen to us. That's cool. I'm, again, I wasn't going to give that person any time whatsoever, but there it is. All right. Let's hear it, dude. You ready? Yeah. All right. Now. Right, meow. It's called the Bermondsey Horror. Mm-hmm. Bermondsey is a district in London which is pretty much across the, the Thames from Whitechapel. 
which is a very popular and famous area of London. Okay. Because the Tower of London is just south of Whitechapel. And Whitechapel is where the Ripper murders took place. There it is. I was wondering so, that. Okay. Um, n- now exists between Whitechapel and and um, Bermondsey, the, the Tower Bridge. But back in when this took place, the Tower Bridge wasn't built yet. Okay. So most of the traffic was the London Bridge itself. Okay. That'll come into play later. But Bermondsey was a... A trade district. It was a, a tanning district. Like most of the leather work happened there. Mm-hmm. And if you're unfamiliar with what goes on in tanning it's, leather, it's rough. It's unpleasant. It stinks. It's very, very, very smelly. Um, to in order to tan the hides, a lot of it gets urine is used. They actually would pay children, yeah, to bring buckets of urine to help tan the hides. Mm-hmm. Animal feces was used. It's a process, man. Yeah, it's and on top of that, you've got blood and other, you know, detritus. Floating everywhere, which also is this time because this takes place in 1840, in the 1840s. Our favorite. Victorian London. Yep. Gotta love it. There was a huge outbreak of cholera. Oh. Now, if you're not familiar with cholera is, it's a disease that can kill you, but it's basically from shitty and piss-filled drinking water. Right. Um, It can cause dehydration, vomiting, parasite, and, and ultimately death. And the thing about cholera that was interesting was, like, the the turnaround for it was, like, you would get cholera, and then, like, within two days, you'd die. I was going to say, it was fast. It was very fast. Right. So, take keep in mind that all of this is going on while this story is taking place. You've got cholera, tanning. So, Bermondsey is not the nicest neighborhood, but not all of it takes place there. Okay. We will start with Marie Deroux, mm-hmm. who was born in Switzerland, the land of my people. <laughs> In Luzon. Um, we don't know exact date she was born. I want it, I, the, the information, again, is, is sketchy. Sometime in the, in the 1820s, 1821, around there. So she's um, not very old. She's not very old. She's in her 20s. Mm-hmm. One of the, the stories about her birth that was completely falsified was that when she was 14, her parents were going to put her in a convent. So instead of doing that, she ran off and fell in love with a mountain bandit who... Him and his gang were holed up in the Alps, and it was just, it's weird. Like, they just totally made up a story. Yeah. What actually happened was, when she was earlier on the age of 14, she started getting into, uh, for work, she was doing uh, housework, maid's work, mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, for different people around. She ended up, and another story that's made up, was that she ended up working for an Irish lesser noble in one of his houses and was caught by the the wife of the the lord he wasn't a lord but the noble mm-hmm. sitting on the lap of the husband and then she got oh my. thrown out of the house and yelled at and called oh all these names my. that didn't happen either oh. she did end up working originally for uh lady polk who was kind of like lower upper class she wasn't royalty by any means but she was but she was still a lady she was still well to do she had you know plenty of money Uh, when she passed on uh, Marie went to go work for Lady Blantyre or Blantyre who was actually the daughter of a duchess so she was nice fancy as fuck pinky up and around here is where Marie she was ended up becoming the lady's maid so she was I don't know if you've all watched Downton Abbey, but Lady's mm-hmm. Maid is, is up there. There's like, yeah. that's right behind like the, the, the head, 
head lady and the butler. Like, mm-hmm. ladies' maid's a big deal. So it was when she was a ladies' maid, she got used to the finer things in life. Right. You know, she drew, was always dressed very nice, clean, neat lines. Because Victorian dress back then was very... <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, it was weird because it was a weird mix of like, you wear corsets. Yeah. But, and you wear very tight sleeves, mm-hmm. but you also have all the way to your chin, mm-hmm. to your feet is covered. Yes. So it was a very, almost, I don't know how to describe it. Like, modest. But it's kind of immodest at the same time. Why? Well, because you had the the shape, the hourglass figures with the corsets and the, then you had hoop skirts and I mean, it was. I don't know. But it was still modest. Yeah. Oh, they obviously, because they, they they had, yeah, they, they didn't even show wrists. Right. They would always have, like, stuff on. But, you know, she she likes that, that fancy shit. I get it. And when she's being a lady's maid, she actually comes into contact with two separate men. We'll talk about them individually. I don't know. We don't know which one she meets first. Okay? Mm-hmm. Again, dates are spotty. I apologize. The first one I'm going to talk about is Frederick George Manning. He is younger. He's closer to her age. Mm-hmm. I think two years older. He works for the railroad, and they assume that they met when she was on one of the rails working for her maid going from point A to point B, working for her lady. And he's not wealthy. He's not poor. But he's, you know, she, she likes him. She, she fancies him. And the other man she meets is Patrick O'Connor, O'Connor, who is an Irishman that is Yeep. almost twice her age. Oh, she's twenty-five and he's fifty Woof. at this time. But old Patty is loaded. Whoa, got the vibrato in there. He, Must be rich. He is a customs officer. Oh, at the dockyards, and he's also a moneylender. Damn. But he charges exorbitant interest rates on the money that he lends. That's how he's wealthy. But it's also, he's a customs officer. So he's taking freight coming in the docks. Mm-hmm. And from some accounts, we don't think he was 100% above board. There might have been some shady shit going on in uh, Patrick's in Patrick's life. You naughty, know, naughty. maybe turning a blind eye to a shipment coming in that he knew was illegal stuff for a kickback. or. Right. Confiscating stuff, saying it was unsaleable, and then keeping it and selling it himself. We don't know, but the guy had a lot of money. He was doing well. He met Marie on a ship when they were both bound to France. Okay. And he said, you know, when I get back to London, we'll have to, I'll take you out to dinner. We'll we'll go out and I'll I'll show you a good time. Mm -hmm. She's like, awesome. So uh, some time goes by, and... She's she's back in London, but she hasn't run across Patrick yet. I think they have been writing letters back and forth. And she starts getting closer with Patrick, but she basically, they're both kind of courting her, right? So she has a choice to make. Mm-hmm. She can marry Patrick, who's, a, you know, older, but definitely but wealthy, well can do. provide her with the things that she wants. Mm-hmm. Or she can marry Frederick, who has less money, but... She likes him. She likes him, and he tells her that, you know, my father was fairly rich, and he gave all of his money to my mother when he died, and she's not doing so great, so I should be coming into inheritance relatively soon. Marry for love, bro. So, 
She makes the choice. Nah. Who do you think she picked? She picked the older gentleman. No. She didn't. Good for she her. She picked Frederick. Uh-oh. But the older gentleman was pissed. Now, they were married on May 27th, 1847 mm-hmm. at St. James's Church in Piccadilly. And shortly after they're married, Patrick writes her a letter and says, you know, I'm heartbroken. I'm devastated. I was going to propose to you, but I didn't have a chance to talk to you about it because, you know, I love you. And she's like, sorry, dude, I, 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 I chose this guy. Sorry, dude. So <laughs> she chose Frederick, obviously. Mm-hmm. They're married, and then I don't remember what, again, different stories, different things of what happened first. Normally in that time, she would have kept working as a lady's maid until they were ready to start a family, mm-hmm. right? But unfortunately, Frederick is let go from his job on the railroad. Oh, no. Because a couple robberies happen okay on his watch he's a guard for the railroad oh he ain't doing his job or or he was working with them yes and let it happen so he there's a shady shit in victorian ages man i you mean know, just it's true though yeah you got to do whatever you can to survive so she's kind of like what the fuck so they have to Kind of change change of plans. She had already quit her job as a lady's maid because they were going to start a family. Now he lost his job. So they take the money they have mm-hmm. and they buy the White Hart Inn down in Taunton, which is outside of London quite a ways, south, southwest London, or southwest mm-hmm. England. And things are going okay for a little bit. And then the other shoe comes off when she finds out that the inheritance that Frederick was supposed to get isn't happening. Why is it not happening? Some sources say that his mother recovered from her illness and oh, was fine. Oh, no. Most sources say that he just flat out lied about it. Oh, shit. I'm going to go with he lied about it. Turns out, Patrick is, or I'm sorry, Frederick is also a bit of a drinker. Oh, no. Which is one of the reasons she didn't marry Patrick because he was a heavy drinker. Well, I mean, shit. He's Irish. And he likes to fight and drink. But but is that stereotypical? It is. It really is. But most sources say he was a heavy drinker and he had an attitude. <laughs> like Okay. I'm I'm not choosing I'm just reporting. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> So she's like, all right, fuck this guy. So she starts picking up her correspondence back up with Patrick. She's like, I'm so gonna she's only... cheating. She they're writing letters right now at this point. So she's emotionally cheating. Emotionally cheating. Okay. Right around this time when she finds out there's no inheritance and they now own an inn. Did you know that, like, when you own a pub, you're called a publican? What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. So does that mean a Republican is somebody that owns a bar twice? (laughs) Double publican. Republican. So (sighs) things are just kind of going not great. I mean, they own the inn, but they're not making a great amount of money because, again, some some people said that he was drinking all of his profits. I don't think that was the case. What did end up happening is two former colleagues of his who worked with him on the railroad mm-hmm. end up getting arrested for train robbery. Oh, shit. 
Now the thing is about the robber itself was, is they made it onto one of the the cargo cars that was hauling had all the the lock boxes and the secure stuff on it. And right. They made it on there on the trip from Plymouth to London. Mm-hmm. They robbed it and they were successful. Had they stopped, they would have been fine. But these geniuses decided to hit the train on its return trip to Plymouth. Oh, for fuck's sake. You can't get greedy when you're trying to rob a place, you right. guys. Come so on. So they get caught, and one of the guys ended up using <laughs> Frederick Manning as an alias. No, really? So that kind of comes out. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yes. Back up. They Did they catch him in the act? On the second trip, yes. And then he was like, no, I wasn't there. I was with this Frederick dude. No, they said they he used the alias Frederick Manning when he was caught. Oh, I see what you're saying. Sorry, 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 sorry. I was So drinking. that kind of <laughs> <laughs> that kind of puts a blemish on Frederick and the pub just doesn't recover from that because Well, yeah. That everybody thinks that this guy was part of, part a, of the, a huge yeah. crime. Fuck, that's so sucks. they Again, some reports say they bought another inn called the King's Head, but there's like four of those at least in a greater London area mm, that I can find. Okay. So I don't know which one it was or if they actually did that. Mm-hmm. They do end up moving back to Bermondsey and running a house on 3 Miniver Lane. I've tried finding it on maps so many times, the Maybe actual it address. Exist anymore. It doesn't. There's an address of where the street or it was a very small street used to be, mm-hmm. but it's still hard to pinpoint from what I can see. I'm, I'm sure it. Had I spent more time looking at maps as opposed to doing this other stuff, I could have found it. Because you know how I am with maps. Yeah. But I didn't find the actual house. I don't think the actual house still exists. But okay. Well, no, I can't imagine. I mean, something like that, especially when we find out what goes on. I don't oh. think it really, really did much. So, again, stuff's not going well for the Mannings. They, um... They end up, they're living in, in back in Bermondsey now. She tries her hand at dressmaking okay. to try to make ends meet. Patrick, I don't, or I'm sorry, Frederick. I can't get these mixed yeah, up because it's Frederick on. or Patrick. Mm-hmm. We'll call him Fred. There you go. I don't think he's doing much at this point to contribute. They do take on borders. Oh, okay. So, which is weird because, I mean, they're renting, but... Rental laws are way different back then than they are now. Like, Yeah, I don't think it, there was too much of a, a actual law then. No, I'm sure there were laws. They were probably just vastly different. Right. So they've got borders. They're, they're still trying to make ends meet. She's Her correspondence goes from correspondence to actual, hey, how you doing, Patrick? Get me oh, out. Man. Get me the fuck out of here. Well, they start having an affair. Yep. And we don't. From we don't one hundred percent for sure know that Fred knew about it. Most people surmise that he did, but he was Patrick was giving Marie money. Uh, so she wasn't a prostitute. She, he was just like gifting it. To yeah. Her. Okay. So I think most people feel that with the financial straits they were in, the fact that Patrick was giving her money, he kind of turned. Frederick was kind of like whatever, dude. Yeah, just. Just keep me alive. Yeah. Let's survive this shit. Sell some feet pics. <laughs> <laughs> do what you right. got to do, ho. So we don't know what the impetus was, but apparently this situation 
was untenable. Okay. So they tried to come up with another way to get more money. They one of the boarders at the house is a medical student, and or Frederick asks him, "What are the effects of chloroform and laudanum on a person?" What? Like he straight up asked that. Mm-hmm. This is what the medical student testified later. Okay. On could you get a person to like sign things if they're drugged? He's trying to find out if he gets somebody drugged up enough if he can get them to sign papers. Mm-hmm. Manipulate them. Right. Right. We don't know what the answer was to that question. I don't think the medical student did say one way or the other what would happen because I don't Let's know if he knew find out. But I don't think it would I don't work think very so. well. No. Um, There's absolutely no laudanum, way. maybe. Yeah, but not chloroform. No. But I don't think it necessarily was one or the other or both. I think it was just kind of like they were feeling getting feelers out. So they come up with another plan. Okay. They invite Patrick over for dinner. They as in? Fred and Marie. Okay. Invite okay. Patrick over for dinner. Her, her lover. Yes. Again, he had been a regular at their house. This wasn't an uncommon thing. What? Like, it's weird, man. Like... Again, Frederick knew about it, and I don't know if they would – some people say it was a love triangle, but a love triangle has three sides, right? Mm-hmm. This was like a love T, you know? Like Marie and Patrick were doing it, but Frederick what, wasn't having polygamy? sex with Patrick. Kind of, but not really because, again, Frederick knows about it, but he's not partaking in it. Right. So, Isn't that polygamy? No, polygamy is being married more than one person. Yes, you're right. You are correct. Polyamory. There is... it is. That's the word I'm looking okay. for. But again, I guess it depends on what labels you want to put on things. At the end of the day, Frederick is okay with some dude stepping his wife for money. I mean, if you got to live. Nope. I would, nope. I would not be okay with right, that. Right. I'm just for saying, <laughs> obviously she can't sell feet pics right now, so this is the only they, other they could, option. But can you imagine how expensive they'd be? What, feet pics Photographs existed. Then? Yeah, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you just sell one, you'd be fine. No, you wouldn't because of how much it costs to actually take the picture. That's what I'm saying. Like, only rich people got their pictures taken you because just, only they could afford You just charge double. Five times as much? I don't think feet were a thing back then because, remember, they had all their feet covered and they were very, very much. Right, hence why it would be such a big thing. Come on, Nick, figure this out. Can you imagine what booby pictures would have gone for? Damn. Damn. All right, so... Patrick accepts the invitation. Unfortunately, oh. he's five hours late. Five hours? They 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 send him. A, she sends him a letter. It's very customary for at the time instead of like calling them because there's no phones. Right. You send a letter. Yep. And in somebody, the morning, and it gets there at the you know whatever. Yep. Hey, please join us for dinner. We'd like to have you over for a meal. But does he respond and say, "Yeah, I'll yeah, do I'm sure it. he does. Yeah, he does. Okay. He says he'll be there, but." Dinner was for 5.30. He shows up at like 10, 11 say, o'clock. what the fuck time? Would Not only up? does he show up five hours late, mm-hmm. but he shows up with a coworker. What? Apparently, they had a celebration. He made a deal that closed. So his friend Walshie's with him. So His last name is Walsh. He's, he's, they're drunk. Maybe. If they're celebrating. They're celebrating. Right. But that's really fucking rude, man. It's so rude. I'd be so pissed because I'm pretty fucking tired at that time right well not even the time but showing up with a guest that was not planned for that is accurate too but i'm so, also different i'd be like yeah friends let's go marie's kind of like what the fuck dude like because 
you know, they had a plan. She sends, and this is August 8th. August 9th, in the morning, she sends him another letter, said, yo, we'd like to have you for dinner again, but this time, please come alone, and maybe we can get some more intimate time together. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. So, this time, Patrick shows up on time. You know, on the way to the Mannings' house, he, he comes across some people on the London Bridge saying, yeah, I'm going over to the Mannings for dinner, blah, blah, blah. He gets there, and Marie's like, all right, you dirty bastard, go wash up in the sink. <laughs> dirty bastard. Now, the weird thing about the house is I looked at some of the blueprints of what was there. The kitchen, or kitchens, there were two of them. Two kitchens? They were both in the basement. Now, that makes sense, because a lot of kitchens back then, they have the, the dirt ground floor, but you put stones on it, right? Uh-huh. That's going to keep it cooler. So you can store food down there easier. Larders, mm-hmm. yeah, stuff okay. like that. And you can vent... Any stove stuff right out the back. And but out. there was two of them. There was two of them. How big is this fucking house? It wasn't huge. But so can't they just say there was one big-ass kitchen? It could have been, but there was a wall between it. So what the fuck, yo? At any rate. Sorry, I'm just trying to figure shit out. But go ahead, go She ahead. tells Patrick to go wash his hands for supper. Uh-huh. He goes to wash his hands. And she steps behind him. Uh-huh. And shoots him in the back of the head. Nice. Good for her. Some people said it was an air gun. An air gun? Some back people said then? it was a pistol. Here's the weird part. Well, well hold on. Hold on to that for later because I'll get to that. Okay. It doesn't kill him. Oh, no. Oh, no. The, and the scene where they cover this in that TV show, Murder Maps, is kind of brutal because he's literally like, like making oh, all these weird no. noises. It's oh. kind of. So that's when. Frederick steps in with a ripping chisel, which you and I would know as a, as a crowbar. Oh, okay. And bludgeons him in the head 17 times and finishes 17? the job. 17? That's a lot. Yes. Now, now that Patrick is dead. Yeah. They take him downstairs where they have pre-dug a hole underneath the flagstones in the kitchen. Okay. The back kitchen. Uh-huh. They... Bury him face down in a very shallow grave. Cover him with quicklime. Oh, quicklime. We'll get there. Uh-huh. And bear, put the flagstones back down, put mortar in, and clean the shit out of it. And then some stories say they had a meal or drink right over the body. Mm, how would they know that? What do you mean, how would they know that? Well, yes, exactly. Well, I mean, they could have testified later, but at the end of the day... I, I think that's just stuff that was added to spice up the story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Patrick's gone. Okay, what was the point of killing Patrick? I'm glad you asked. After they bury the body, Marie goes to Patrick's house, where he rents across the river. Mm-hmm. And she's a regular enough there that the landlady lets her in because she knows that she's... A, a consort of Patrick's. They don't like the landlady. Doesn't like Marie oh. by all accounts, but she she's obviously like, the guy she's ran out of the room to her says yes, she can come in. So she goes in and takes a whole bunch of Patrick shit, cash, jewelry, uh, railroad stocks that he had. I did. I looked up when he got the stocks, and it was mm. literally three days before he was murdered. Ooh. So she takes the stocks because she knows where they are. Mm-hmm. He 
tells her these things and then goes back home. In the next couple of days, Marie tries to get Frederick to pretend he's Patrick and go sell some of these stocks. Because you could do that back then. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was able to or not. I think, I, I'm going to say probably not, but he, the way they kind of portray Frederick is just kind of like this fucking sad sack of a dude. Like a bumbling idiot? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But we'll get to that in a bit anyway. So Patrick's not showing up to work, right? Uh-huh. Now we talked about at the beginning of the of the show, cholera and its speedy effects. Yeah. So his coworkers, one of them who's actually his cousin, is worried that maybe he died of cholera and he's, but if he did, you know, why can't we find him? So he goes to the Mannings and he's like, have you seen Patrick? He hasn't come to work in a couple of days. She's like, he was here for the 8th for dinner with his friend Walsh, but they left and we invited him back on the next night, but he never showed up. But there's a letter saying. Yeah, there's a letter inviting him. She's saying she invited him, uh-huh. but he but never showed up. But I'm saying the up. second letter. Yes, I know. Again, uh-huh. I'm saying she invited him both nights. Oh, I'm sorry. She's admitting this. Okay. And he never showed up. He's like, well, that's weird. They can't find him. So this guy ends up going to the Metropolitan Police. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an interesting little side note here. The London Metropolitan Police are only 20 years old at this time. At this time, right. Right. This is 1849. They were founded in 1829 by the Home Secretary, Robert Peel. Fun fact, back then they were called Peelers. The police were called Peelers? Mm-hmm. Named after the guy who right. started Interesting. I always thought that was a fun nickname because you got, you know, five O, Bobbies, the Fuzz. I've never different, heard of Bobbies. Bob, yeah, Bobbies are London or British police. Bobbies. I've never heard of that. At any rate, I think Peelers is a cool nickname for the for the well, police back then. Okay. Because before then, it was pretty much a volunteer force mm-hmm. that were unpaid and usually elderly people who were unable to do much. What the fuck? Which led to, at the time in 1829, when the Metropolitan Police were founded. Do you have? Do you know how many crimes were capital crimes and were hangable offenses in London at mm-hmm. this time? Mm-hmm. Eighteen twenty-nine. How many? Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm. Like, what do you mean? How many crimes? If you had to put a number on how many crimes mm-hmm. you thought if you got caught doing, mm-hmm. they could hang you. Two. Hundred. Hundred. Two hundred. Two hundred. Yes. Balls. See, now, they didn't have a police force. Okay. So they figured, listen, fuckers. If you even sneeze on the we're wrong gonna hang day, you. we're going to hang you. So They in, figured in it was a deterrent. That they would not be By the time Robert it. Peel, this 20 years later, by the time this stuff had gone on, it was down to only about 100 crimes that you could be hanged for. Okay. Which is still a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and I don't have an entire list of what all those crimes yeah. were. But some of them were like, if you get caught cheating somebody out of money, you can hang. Like, if you know, if... Jesus. It was pretty weird. But... So, that's where we're at. We've got 100 crimes you can hang for. Murder's one of them, for sure. So, the police pay the Mannings a visit. Mm-hmm. Just like they had done with... Like, now, is this an elderly couple? Who? The police. No. The peelers. No. Okay. 
Well, this is these the peelers are actual cops. Before there were cops, it was a lot. Before the, the volunteers were all old people and. Oh, sorry, I was connecting the same. No, nope, okay. you're fine. These are actual like younger. They actually have detectives by this point. Nice. This actually, this case was one of the first cases that they, real cases that they, had to deal with. Um, and they're like, no, they tell the, pretty much the same story. And they're like, we haven't seen him. He came for dinner on the 8th. We invited him back on the 9th. We never saw him again. Okay. At this point, Marie's getting a little worried, right? Because police are knocking on the door and she's having they to didn't smell repeatedly lie to him. They didn't because of quicklime. I know, but... We'll get there. Trust okay. me. I have to talk about quicklime because... Yeah. So you and I are on the same page. Got it. Yeah. She says, listen... Frederick, I need, we're, we're going to run short of money. I've only got so much until we sell these stocks. What I want you to do is go down to the furniture sellers and sell all the furniture in the house so we have some money to travel with. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. While he's out doing that, she packs three suitcases and leaves. Nice. She, she fucking pieces out with the... She pieces out. And she's got the stocks. She's got everything. Damn, girl. All their savings. Mm-hmm. Everything. Frederick, poor Frederick, comes home is like, fuck. So he takes the money he gets from selling the furniture, and he bolts. Damn. She ends up taking her cab to two different train stations. One of them was King's Cross, and I don't know if she left from there or if that was the first one she stopped at. Mm-hmm. She leaves two of the trunks... At one train station and has them, says, to be shipped later. Oh, I see. To okay. so-and-so. But then she gets on a train and goes to Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Frederick ends up taking a steamer to the Isle of Jersey. I had to, it's one of the Channel Islands between England and France. Okay, okay. The weird thing is, is it's really, it's almost, if you look at it on a map, it's the equivalent of like Mackinac Island is, mm-hmm. but it's that close to France. Like it's. Wow. He could have just gone to France. It's like at that point, just go to France. Right. Okay. So he's he's holed up in Jersey. She's up in Edinburgh. The police are like, all right, we're, we need to find out what's going on. So they they have suspicion with them just like peacing out? They, well, they go back to the house. Uh-huh. And they notice that there's nobody there. Yeah, they're gone. They, some stories say they literally just broke the window and went in. But most sources say that they talked to the landlady and got let in the house. Mm-hmm. They dig through the backyard. They don't find anything. They do a level-by-level level search. Don't find anything. One of the detectives, they make it down to the kitchen, mm-hmm. notices that the, the kitchen floor on one side is, is new, really fucking clean. Yeah. Really clean. And he notices that some of the mortar between the flagstones is wet. So he takes his pocket knife. It still hasn't dried. Jesus, like, how many days has it been? Um... Uh, at least like a week. It's still wet? If they kept cleaning it and mopping it, yeah, and they didn't give them more time to dry, yeah, it's still going to be a little wet. Okay. At any rate, sticks a pocket knife down there and notices that it's easily movable. So they calls his buddy over. They start lifting up flagstones, mm-hmm. and they see a, body. a human toe. A, just a toe? Remember, they buried him face down. Yeah, what was the point of that? I don't know. They also tied his legs to his basically heels to ass. Why? And then bound his arms behind his back and buried him face down naked. 
That's why they saw the toe. Well, yeah, because it was sticking straight right. out behind him. Now, we're going to talk about quicklime really quick because mm-hmm. they did line it with quicklime. And this is what I don't get because quicklime does not aid in decomposition. Right. And it dries things out. Mm-hmm. It eliminates moisture. But the biggest reason for quicklime is to get rid of odor. I was going to say, is it more of an odor thing? I actually looked this up. NIH, the National Health Institute of, of England, London, Britain, they did a study with pig carcasses and they used quicklime, um, another source of something very similar, and then a, a control. Mm-hmm. Like and cement? they all had to no, just a control, like just a regular like dry dust. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. And they none of them sped the comp- decomposition of any of the corpses up at all. So they... So quicklime hmm. is not... You'll hear about it in murder stories all the time. People yeah, using quicklime. Yeah, they do. And but it's, it does not speed it, up decomposition. I didn't think so. It actually slows it down. Is it... Because it removes moisture. Moisture yes. is what causes decomposition. Yes. So when you remove that moisture, there's nothing to, to grade the cells down. So it's dehydrating it. Yeah. So it doesn't smell it as bit. much. Right. Right. Now, the weird thing about this is, is they talk about how the body was identified because apparently Patrick had falsies in his mouth. Oh. He had dentures. Mm-hmm. And they actually took the dentures from the corpse and said, took them to the dentist and said, yeah, I remember those. I sold them to this guy. Jesus Christ. They discover a bullet hole in the back of his head. Oof. That the bullet stopped right behind his eyebrow inside his skull. Uh-huh. That's how weak... The bullet was. That's why some speculated it was an air gun. And I think also you would have heard, some neighbors would have heard a shot. That was my next question. So we don't know the specifics of that because it's been 175 years. Hmm. But Can't ask anybody. We do know that the crowbar definitely finished him off. Well, yeah, especially 17 times. Yes. So now this has become a manhunt, not a missing person. Yes. So now they're looking, actively looking for Frederick and Marie Manning. Because they did it. Now, ironically enough, just five short years earlier, Mm -hmm. an invention was created that made this kind of easy for the police. That invention was the telegraph. Oh. If they had done this crime Mm -hmm. six years before what they did, they probably would have gotten away. No shit. Because they start telegraphing people saying, hey, we're on the lookout for these people. Okay. Other police, I'm guessing. Yeah, other police forces say, we're on the lookout for Marie Manning. She's a a Swiss uh, citizen who lives here in England. She's got a slight French accent. They give a description. The police in Edinburgh reply back, we've already got her in custody. What? Marie Uh had gone to... A stockbroker to try and sell those stocks. Yes. Those had been reported stolen. There it is. I was wondering about because that. Because they were numbered specifically and they had certain markings on them that made them very distinguishable. The stockbrokers were obviously already using these telegraphs back and forth to, you know, trade and all that. So the stockbrokers in, in Edinburgh already had this information. And when she tried selling them, saying that her father was a Scotsman and she was just trying to sell them for him, they're like, wait a minute. But you have this accent, and he should have a Scottish accent, which doesn't hold much water because you don't have to grow up where your parents do. You can have a different accent. It's true. My little Southern Belle. <laughs> but 
Anyway, they've got her in custody already. So she's already caught. She's been on the run for a week. Whoop. Womp womp. She gets her ass shipped back down to London. She gets extradited. The I think the head, not, it's not a sheriff. Um, that's an American thing. The head constable from the Edinburgh police actually physically brings her back to London. Okay. So she's already got got. She got got. Meanwhile, London police come across two steamer trunks sitting at a train station with uh, the name Mrs. Smith on them. Mrs. But it's in Smith. her handwriting. Uh-huh. And in those are some letters, correspondence between Marie and Patrick. Uh-huh. Some of the letters are actually ones he wrote to her, and some of them are ones that she wrote to him, which means she went to his place to get those letters. So she kept those letters. Yes. Interesting. But she also put them in the trunk with a blood-stained dress. Why would you keep that? I have a lot of questions. Or at least not try to clean it first. Fucking burn it. <laughs> Like, why would you keep something that has a blood stain? Especially back then. It's not like you can get it out as easily. I mean, it's just baking soda and water, man. Mm, Bicarbonate of soda. Peroxide would be, yes. Yeah. I I was just talking shit, regardless. So, they've got her in custody. Meanwhile, old Freddy. Freddy, Freddy, Freddy. He's in Jersey. So close to France. I mean, you could... Obviously not literally, but you could almost throw a stone and, and hit France from where he's at. But he decides he's just going to hang out and drink. I mean. And which would have been fine, but apparently he was an obnoxious drunk. Oh. And people noticed him because he was say, he got loud. Noticed. Yeah. But also on his way to Jersey on the steamship, he actually ran into somebody who was like my brother's ex-roommate's sister's cousin. Fuck. friend like that level of like Jesus. hey i know you you look familiar and they they talk and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. she doesn't think anything of it but details of the murder come out because by now the newspapers have caught on to this and this is where they got the name bermondsey horror because this horrific thing happened police found this body it has become very commonplace news that these two are on the run and this dipshit is just at a fucking pub drinking while he's on the run Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, Jersey is close to France, but I'm pretty sure it's still a British oh, okay. territory yep. mm-hmm. at the time anyway. So it doesn't take that long for the police to find him. I think by the time he was on Jersey, the police were already looking for him there because of the report of the steamship. Mm-hmm. But he just had kept kind of moving around the island. Mm-hmm. So they were just kind of took him a while to get him. He ended up getting caught, I want to say, a week after Marie got caught. So he was on the run for almost two weeks. Oh, wow. That's actually pretty fast. Um, That's pretty fast. When the police find him, he is hungover slash drunk, passed out in his his room. Uh And when they do arrest him, he apparently asks, is the wretch caught yet? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, good, because then she'll clear my name because she was behind it all. Damn, bro. Yeah. This is where it gets even just fucking uglier. Um, these two are tanked to Horsemonger Lane and thrown in jail. Uh-huh. As they, as they spelled it then, G-A-O-L. Oh, jail. Gaul. That's how people actually said it like that, but it's, it's jail. They take uh-huh. them in jail. Um, 
where they um, await their trial. But instead of being on trial separately like Marie wants, because she's like, yo, I'm a Swiss citizen. I should have a jury of half English and half foreigners. And the judge is like, nah, you married a British person. You are a British citizen. Damn. So they are put on trial at the same time. However, Mm -hmm. they have different defense attorneys. Wow. Because she is saying Frederick did did it it. all. Yeah. And he's saying saying she she did did it all. all. Now, I want to do a quick aside here and say... We don't know 100% for sure who, who did was what. what. Mm-hmm. Frederick does admit eventually like, yeah, she shot him and I killed him. And this has become the accepted chain of events of what occurred. Mm-hmm. But the media portrays Frederick as kind of like this dunce. This, he couldn't possibly have done it. He's not that bright. Mm-hmm. And they kind of ramp up the... the um, Female femme fatale, right? Uh-huh. Like, she's the mastermind. She did it all. She's this foreign seductress who of course. took a man for his money. That's what and sells. And it's, it's very interesting, too, because some of the, the podcasts I listened to that cover the story, the ones that were m- more women and female-oriented tend to kind of sympathize with Marie. And I do, too, to a certain degree. Why? Because I think that a lot of the stuff that the media said about her was patently false. Like and I think just how they kind of portray her just as evil, coldless, cold, soulless bitch. She murdered somebody. But did she? But or did Frederick finally say enough of this shit? And he murdered. I'm tired of you oh, cheating. I you see, see what I'm saying? Like, I didn't think about that at all. We don't know. And pretty much like I said, the accepted version of events is that she shot him. And Patrick or Frederick just finished the job mm-hmm. with the crowbar. We don't know. But at the end of the day, what's written down in history is written down as it was it was her. Mm-hmm. She was the mastermind. And there are things that kind of paint that to be true. But one of the things that <laughs> she had ordered quicklime. In April. Oh. To her house. And then just three days before the the actual murder happened, she had a shovel delivered. Now, they say that this was delivered, but did her husband order it and she just signed for it? Or. Yeah. We did have uh, Frederick asking the, the medical student about getting somebody to sign something under the influence of drugs. But another interesting fact about this time, which didn't save her, but kind of could have maybe, was a law called Coverture. A what? A a law. Oh, I see. Called Coverture. Okay. Which was a wife's first first duty is to her husband. So So if he tells her... To do these things? She has to do it. Oh, And she can't be tried for murder if her husband... Says you have to do this? If you have to help me cover this up, you can't be tried for that. But Interesting. What doomed her was the quick lime, the mm-hmm. shovel, and the fact that she had all the stocks in her possession and a good portion of his money. Oh, I think they the totally letters. were doing it together. I'm sorry. That's what no, I, I tend to agree they, they planned it together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but 
the again, we we aren't really going to know, and I do tend to think that the media did kind of spice it up a little bit by do. adding some of the details. But it didn't help her that during the trial she was stone cold and silent, like no remorse, very reserved. We don't know because the court drawings back then look like shitty Victorian pictures. (laughs) (laughs) There are a few pictures out there of her, and she does not look like what you think. Because she's supposed to be this kind of sultry. The way she was described was having like a full body, very, very pretty. But (laughs) none of the pictures of her look very great or flattering. Because that's just the way they drew people back then, I guess. But at the same time, it just depends on... I mean... Would I be I, stone cold? I don't know. I mean, apparently during all this, Frederick was just kind of like, yeah, what the fuck ever, we're doomed, you know? I mean, at that point, yes. That's kind of how I see it, too. It's like, oh, you're fucked. So here it is. So the he did end up saying, actually, too, during trials, like, I never liked O'Connor anyway. Yeah. He had just, whatever. He, yeah. So the trial lasts for two days, which is kind of an oddity for yeah, for um, shit. for that time at that particular uh, jail because most trials that took place lasted ten minutes. Yeah, I was gonna say not long. The jury deliberates for forty five minutes and comes back with a guilty verdict for mm-hmm. both of them, mm-hmm. which means they're both going to hang. The judge sentences them both to be hanged. This is the point where Marie loses her shit. There it is. And starts being like, there's no justice for foreigners in in England, and you're all just shitty fucking people, and just kind of gets mad. You killed somebody. Now, the thing that sucks is they have two weeks mm-hmm. before the execution. Oh, they have to sit around for two weeks to think about yes. this? Blech. During this time, they both write letters. To whom? Well, she writes letters to him saying... If you just take blame for this, I can go free. Just please admit you did it. He kind of does the same thing, sends her a letter. Neither one of them budges. <laughs> she also sends letters to her former employers asking for, like, hey, you... help me out. Right. And it's funny because Lady Blantier, which was the second lady she worked for, actually lived in Stafford House, which was a very, it's called the Lester House now, very well-to-do. It's across the park from the castle where the <laughs> queen lived, Queen um, Queen Victoria. Uh-huh. Queen Victoria often visited that place Whoa. because she thought it was a really nice place. She, I think she said one of the quotes the Queen had about Lady Blantyre's house was, I left my house to come to your palace. Damn. Very hoity. So Marie even writes the Queen. Uh-huh. And some accounts say that she'd never even opened the letters and returned them. So does them. she have time for this shit? And one account that I actually found said that the queen did reply, and it was only the second time during her reign that she did so, and it was the last time, and said she looked at the case and found that she was good, she was guilty. There was nothing she was going to do to mm-hmm. fix it. So, the morning of the execution, apparently Marie had been put on suicide watch. Because she had tried to either choke herself okay, or use her fingernails to try and cut her jugular vein. Why? Okay. Why do that when you're going to be killed anyway? Yeah. To not provide a spectacle? I guess. Because the night before is when the party started for the people waiting to see this execution. So she could hear it. She could hear it. Oh, yeah. Because... 
there were accounts of anywhere between 30 and 50,000 people present for Balls. This. Seriously? Yeah. A lot of these people paid money to watch this. Again, like, they didn't have much entertainment, so this was it. But before they... Obviously, the, the, the suicide attempts were quelled. And then they had to pinion her arms, which, you know, kind mm-hmm, of time yep, her elbows mm-hmm. behind her back. She fought very, very hardly to not let him do it. They ended up giving her a shot of brandy, and apparently that calmed her down. A shot of brandy calmed her down? Back then, man, it only took, didn't take much liquor. I don't know. It's what I, I was told. Don't give me those faces. Sorry. They finally get her all situated, and she says she requests a black veil, and they give her a black veil, and she also requests to be blindfolded with a black handkerchief. Jesus Christ. So they, they, they grant her these wishes. But the the gallows is actually built on top of the building. Okay. So they're walked across the what ends up being their their grave. They walk across the jail or the prison grounds, mm-hmm. walking over their grave mm-hmm. into the building, up like three or four flights of stairs to the roof, with your arms pinned behind your back and blindfolded. She has kind of a rough go of it. A little bit, yeah. But they both finally make it up there, shakily, but they they make it up there. They end up getting the hoods put over their face, but before this, some people say that she leaned over and gave them a kiss, apparently reconciling their marriage, but I think it's bullshit. I don't think that happened. Oh, absolutely. Because I think this is one of the stories that happened from the one guy that made a bunch of stuff up. Now, when it comes to hanging a person... A method that was proven more effective was the long drop shortstop. Like, yes, more rope, body falls further. Mm-hmm. It's a quicker death. Mm-hmm. The executioner was a guy by the name of Callcraft, who was known for using a shorter rope. Which means, mm-hmm. sometimes they don't die as right. quickly. So they they suffer a little bit longer. So, she's up there. She gets a hood put over her head. She's dressed in her finest black satin gown. And Fred's wearing his his best suit. And they get their hoods on. The bolt is drawn. The bodies fall. Mm-hmm. Fred dies pretty much instantly. Mm-hmm. Marie ends up struggling for a little Oof. bit. Because she I'm, probably doesn't weigh as much as Fred. Oof. And, she, again, that short drop method... Didn't quite do it. She ends up, I think, kicking for about a minute or so. Ugh. Rough. Now, apparently also it is custom for let the bodies hang for an hour. I've heard that, yeah. So they did. They hung for an hour. Eventually they're taken down and buried in the in the prison yard. And some people like to mention the fact that their graves were lined with quicklime, but... No, come on. They, they might have actually been for that just for the stench. Okay, I'll give you that. But a lot of people like to point out the irony. I'm like, there's no yeah. irony. It's just a common practice for, you know. I don't know. So, so the graves are still there today. Uh, they're unmarked. Okay, so we don't really know where exactly they are. Okay. No. Do we have humans upstairs? It sounds right? like there's it's so loud. people it's the running cats. around. Good Lord. <laughs> um, there are two people there in attendance that are actually somewhat well-known. One of them is Herman Melville, mm-hmm. who actually paid for a seat to see it. Oh. And the other is a Mr. Charles Dickens, 
what like yeah. the Charles the Dixon? Charlie Dick. Yes. Is that why you were you were talking to me about? Okay, how he, he kind of be hard to read sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes, Dickens writes about the incident. He's actually I don't he wasn't there to necessarily watch. He was I think he was boarding in a in a room or a apartment that had a view of the the gibbet. Jesus, uh huh. And he was talking when he wrote at the time. He wasn't. Um. He was an author, but he did. He was a journalist at this point. He was doing stuff for the papers. Okay. So he wrote an article in the paper about just how awful the whole thing was, mm-hmm. and just the the crowd and how they behaved like animals, and just That's what a how shitty, awful it. thing it was. Yeah. And went on to try and get the laws changed, and eventually, twenty years later, they did. I'll do away with public execution. They saw hanged people, but it just wasn't a public circus like it was then. Mm-hmm. But he actually went on to write a book called The Bleak House, mm-hmm. which actually featured a maid by the native Madame Hortense who killed a person and tried to hide the body. Oh, so So he based thing. that character off of no kidding. Marie Manning. Interesting. And within us, I think two weeks, there were wax mannequins put up at Madame Tussauds of Marie Manning. I don't know if Frederick was there, but Marie was in her black satin. Because that was one of the things that was, the book that was written about her later was the woman who murdered black satin. Because apparently the rumor was that black satin went out of fashion shortly after Marie was hanged in it. Because they didn't want to be associated with a common criminal by wearing black satin like she did. However, there was an interesting podcast I looked, I listened to, and I'm fucking blowing blank on the name. It's like the a history unhemmed. Okay. But I think I it was the only episode of I listened to of that. But she went on to talk about. I remember I said I went in a rabbit hole of textiles and clothing and yeah. and fashion. Mm-hmm. She talks about um, a lot of the stuff and how it affected what actually happened to black satin was that it was a seasonal thing. When this happened, you didn't really wear black satin in the summer. It was more of a winter thing. And then a lot of the black satin got used up because there was a period of national mourning shortly after this execution when it's very custom to wear black. Right. But you didn't wear satin because it was too shiny. When you wore black, it was a muted fabric. It didn't, didn't have reflections on it, like cotton, black cotton, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. there were multiple things that went into the actual um, disfavor of black satin, but it didn't even last that long. Like, Interesting. It only went out of fashion... For a hot second. For a hot second. And even then, it wasn't really out of fashion. It just... Seems like... Kind of helped sell the papers. Yeah. It seems like winter would be the opposite because silk and satin is very cooling. Hmm. So it seems like the, the summertime... I think satin's a little thicker, though. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Either way, it seems like it'd be more of a summer thing, but... <laughs> but I yeah, know? there is that book called The Woman Who Murdered Black Satin was um usually cited as a resource, but I'm thinking that's the one that had a lot of the misinformation in it oh. and then obviously murder maps which we talked about which i'll have it's to interesting. watch that yeah that episode for it it's interesting hmm. but there you have the bermondsey horror damn or as most american podcasts call it and we can't help it it's just bermondsey they say the bermondsey horror a lot of them did because that's how they hear it you know what i mean but every British source I listened to called it Bermondsey. So 
that's what I'm going to try and stick with. Oh, we'll we'll do with the whatever is closest to the actual. Fact. But it was it's a it's a really messed up story because at the end of the day, you've got a husband and wife who can't make ends meet, so they resort to murder, and then they can't even live together. Yeah. After that, like they split different ways. And Makes you wonder the, if they even liked each other. But why didn't she just marry? If she just married Patrick in the first place, she would have had her this, money and everything else. Right. And he, when he he was 50 when she married, would have married him. He would have been dead when she was still in her 30s or 40s. But. She could have been a rich widow. Yeah. Is she allowed to have that money back then, though? Yeah. Remember how um, Frederick's father mm-hmm. died oh, and gave okay, all the money yeah, to his yeah, wife? Mom, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There was also details, I think, that I don't know how accurate they were, saying that um, Patrick had willed a bunch of stuff to Marie. Mm -hmm. But I don't know the veracity of it, so I can't say it was true. Well, shit. That was a good story. I like those. Victorian ones? I do. Yeah, we are a sucker for Victorian. We are. We really are. So thank you for that. Cheers. Cheers. What do you got next week, Ricky? We're going to do something we haven't done but yet. And Is that... it Victorian? No, it's not. <laughs> had I had to it. really <laughs> think about that for a second. It's actually in the 20s. And it's about cults. Nice. Yeah, this is called the Blackburn Cult. There's actually a lot of different names for this, but the Blackburn Cult is the easiest one to remember. And it has a lot to do with the Bible and the book of Revelation. So uh, definitely check in on that. It reminds me a lot of um, Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart. So did this one. Right? Body under the floor. Right. So join us because it is fucked up. (laughs) Um, And I want to continue with like weird cults. Okay. But I have to be very careful because a lot of times, as you guys know, if you've listened before, when it when it comes to children, I have a hard time. Yeah. This one doesn't, thank God. But that's why I have a very hard time talking about stuff like Jonestown or uh, Branch Davidians, just because there were lots of children involved. I don't know that. Jonestown, no. No. Jim Jones, Kool Aid, no. Oh wow. Okay, maybe we'll. No, the only major cult I know is the the Wacko and Waco. Yeah, Branch, Branch Davidians and David Crush. Is that yeah. the same thing? Is Jonestown? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, David Crush is the only thing I remember. And even as what was that? 94, 90... 93, 94, Yeah, because yeah. I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah, and I was in I was like seventh eighth grade. That messed me up then with the children. So I tried. I'm shocked you don't know about Jonestown. You've heard the phrase "Don't drink." I'm not drinking that Kool Aid. I thought that was from freaking Waco. Uh-uh. I did. I no, thought that was Jonestown. from Jonestown. Don't drink the Kool Aid. Okay, well there you go. But so if you want to hear a little bit about a 1920s cult and the Book of Revelation from the Bible, it is wild. Nice, like the cult of Gozer. Gozer? Gozer. Ghostbusters. Yeah, there's a cult of Gozer? 
I don't know. I was just talking shit. Because, oh, God, I thought you were being serious. <laughs> because that, that the cult of Gozer took place, existed back in the 20s when that building was built. Right. In Ghostbusters. And yeah, that's what made me think of that. But I'm there, sorry. Yeah, there you go. All right. So how can they find us? Well, they can send us an email at beingdeadserious at gmail.com. They can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at beingdeadserious and X at Serious. Dumb. I know. It, dude, it's it's falling quick. Is it really? Yeah. It's uh, losing a lot of subscribers. Nice. Dumbasses. Anyway, as always, we'll have uh, pictures that coincide with the stories that we tell. And please, if you can, write a review. Perhaps, maybe... A nicer one than let it go i can't it was yes, so can. mean anyway, it wasn't that bad and it, we're, you know again we can't please everybody and it's, we we're not for everybody that's so fine. if you don't like it that's it's cool. entertainment whatever but if you can write a review or put in a star or two that'd be great so people can find us a little bit better yeah, the and more you guys talk about us the more people hear us yeah and always we love to hear from you please let us know um what you would like to hear about we do write it down we will cover it it doesn't matter who you are what you suggest we will cover it also we're thinking maybe perhaps for our hundredth episode oh god that's only 35 away we'll talk about good lord um some personal experiences that maybe our listeners have had okay i'm like i haven't had any so i don't know what you're looking at me for no um I'm trying to think of something fun. If you have a great idea for our 100th episode that is coming very soon, let us know. We really do love hearing from you. We get a lot of writers. So, and I do write back. Just to let you know, I will talk to you. So there you go. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on our wild mystery. I guess it's not a mystery because we got it solved. but It was a mystery for a little bit. Yeah. Podcast 175 episode. years ago. We love them. So make sure that you're staying safe. Make good choices out there. But more importantly, make sure you stay strange.